And joining us right now is Commanders running back JD McKissick. JD, man, I appreciate you joining me today. Um, how do I? All right, so where do we start? I think from an overall perspective, because I was trying to figure out how to even start this thing. Because I was, it was a lot. It was a couple people that I remember in 2020 before you got here in Washington. Um, there were a few running backs that, like from a, a free agent perspective, uh, people were looking into. Obviously, at that point. Washington needed like a third down running back. And for me, uh, I was a big fan of your game. And then I was a big fan of Theo Riddick at the time. And mm, they ended up going. Theo Riddick. Yeah, Theo Riddick at the time. And um, obviously for the, the same type of ability that you both have, pass catching out of the backfield, but also like explosive athletes. Um, and they ended up picking you up. And three years later, you were still here with the commanders. Uh, and I think you're a top five weapon with this team. Um, I think that's safe to say. 1,800 yards from scrimmage uh, and 34 games with the team. Uh, just how has these three years treated in, in Washington treated you? Um, it's treated me great, bro. Um, I can't complain, man. Just to, you know, been through what I've been through as far as in the league. You know, always felt like I was one of the best um, at what I do. Um, and never just got that opportunity um, to be given that, to be given that and be trusted, um, to be, you know, to get that, um, that hey, we're going to let you get the rock. Um, that, that just meant a lot to me to show what I could possibly do. Um, in 2020, they let me do that, man. And last year as well, man. So, um, that was definitely the reason uh, why I wanted to return. I do love this team. I, you know, I got a lot of respect, respect for Rivera. Um, and you know, it, it was no reason why, you know, I felt like I should not, you know, come back. So I, I can't complain about the first two for sure. Absolutely. And, and, um, what you said just now reminded me of uh, Raheem Mostert for the the the, uh, the Dolphins, and um, he was on an interview last week, and he was talking about how you know he went through so much in the early because he's thirty now, and he went through mm-hmm. so much in the early <laughs> makings of his career, really trying to fight and and push through the adversity, and and it was at one point where he mentioned like the Cleveland Browns was that moment. I think he was on the practice squad, if I'm not mistaken, and like mm-hmm. he had a conversation with his wife, and that. And that conversation can, or or his wife's father, uh, it just told him and convinced him like to keep pushing and don't give up. Uh, what was that moment? Because I, I know in Seahawks you had that was like your longest tenure outside of the Commanders. Um, mm-hmm. The Seahawks was your longest tenure. How, how what was that that driving factor that told you, hey, um, I know you're not getting your opportunities right now, JD, but it's going to be worth it down the line, and you got to keep pushing. Man, um, I, I feel like it goes way, you know, way before that. Um, just being from where I'm from and, you know, growing up in Phoenix City, Alabama, um, and being in a one-bedroom with three – with two brothers. It was three of us and my mom and my dad and just the struggle, man. And um, always not being counted on um, as far as when it comes to sports and getting, you know, getting overlooked. In high school, I had 25 catches for like 500 100 yards mm. um, and, and begged the team for – my high school for more touches. Um, and, you know, I got the opportunity to go to Arkansas State because I put some good stuff on film. And, you know, so that was already a chip on my shoulder um, because I always felt like in high school I, I wasn't given, the, you know, a, a fair opportunity to just really cut up and really put myself out there um, like these other guys have. So I'm pissed off already with that. And so I go to Arkansas State and um, – I go in raw talent, man. I'm I'm going super hard because I I know where I just came from, and I'm just ready to, you know, to to prove my family right. You know that, that you know because they the ones who believe in me. Um, they the ones I could call on when I'm you know when I'm I'm hurting and mm-hmm. and, and, 
and for them to push me just like um, uh, Moster in his situation. So um, I leaned on my family, man, and, and I went to A-State and, and I redshirted. I, I felt like that was the correct thing to do. And after that, you know, I really just, you know, left everything on the field like Russell Westbrook. You know, he leave everything on the court. Yeah. Um, I left everything on the field, man, and, and and it worked out for me. And I didn't get drafted. I felt like I could have been drafted for sure. So now that's on me. Now I'm like, I'm pissed again. But I'm like, let me get my foot in the door um, with the Falcons. And then I go in and I, you know, I'm with, I'm with um, Raheem Morris. I'm with Coach of the Florida OC from the Jets. I'm with Kyle Shanahan. And they really got a – they developed me on P-Squad for sure because that mm-hmm. that training camp, you know, I'm getting better. I'm trying to learn the offense. I'm coming from a, a fast-paced offense to where we had signals from our guys who gave the plays from, you know, the coaches gave the plays from being out of bounds and just signaling it in, and we would just line up as fast as we can to run mm-hmm. the plays. So, so now it's getting the auto, listen to a sentence, and go execute it. And I'm like, what the hell? What position I'm at? <laughs> uh, it was like that, and so, so I just had to learn, and and I I had those kick returns. I was mm-hmm. returning like crazy my rookie year, um, in the preseason, and that and that helped me glue to the team, um, and just really just develop develop every you know every week every week I would go against True Front, um, and and um, Alfred at cornerback, and I was the receiver. I would go against all those guys and try to win. Um, it was nothing like, you know, being taken advantage of out there just running to be running. It was all about, hey, these you're doing real things that could mm-hmm. show us, you know, that you're improving and I would do it. And we would me and Coach LaFleur would he would put together the tape um and show me um that Saturday. Well no, that Friday after that Friday practice and we would watch it and he'd be like, This is what you're getting better at. This is what I do like, this is what I don't like, this is what we have to fix, this is what I do love about you. Uh, what you bring, what are what are you going to bring to the table that, you know, that Julio, um, Sanu, Aldrich Robinson, Taylor yep. Gabriel. Aldrich, that's um, a throwback right there. What, yeah, what them guys, what 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 you going to bring to the table that they don't have? And then we had another guy who don't really get a lot of credit, Eric Weems. He was a monster. He yep. was a special teams demon. He just wanted to play football. And that, and that helped me learn that, hey, man, it's not about being on offense. It's about you know, being a football player. So I go to Seattle. I get the chance to go to Seattle because they, they brought me up and they brought me back down. I didn't clear waves. I go to Seattle and I go in there and I'm just a football player. Like I I, I am a receiver. I'm developing as a receiver. I go in, I go to Seattle as a running back. So running routes is easy to me. So yeah. now it's all about what you're going to do on kickoff. How you going to block this guy on punt return? And, and I was just, you know, I was really embracing it because I remember how he did. I'm like, damn, this dude crazy. This is my dog, though, and, and I just carried over. You know, I took what he did. I took what all those guys did and tried to put it into me um, as a player, just being an observer. And I think that helped me out for sure. Um, so, yeah, man, that's that was kind of me just knowing that I could get that opportunity. Once I get that opportunity, I just had to be ready for it um, and somebody to trust me, you know, because I know what I could do. Absolutely. And I think um, it's something similar when I, now that I'm thinking about it, like, the transition just to running back generally that's the first thing and uh you're never really i'm an outsider so it is what it is but you're never really guaranteed a spot in the league regardless if you transition from a receiver to 
to to run it back or from a receiver to tight end or just from a, another position switch but you know you're given that opportunity to showcase your skills and, and i think about antonio gibson uh and the situation he went through with washington like he took that he, he was drafted out of memphis as a receiver and the first thing that the the commanders did say hey we're gonna put you at running back and mm-hmm. and, and i will ask you like how did that how are you observing Antonio Gibson in that running back room uh, and his transition over the years? Because you've been here since the beginning with him. Both mm-hmm. of y'all been both of y'all been together. How how is that transition looking like for Antonio? Ag just a raw talent, man. Um, being a receiver, the thing about him being moved to running back, he's he's two hundred plus pounds, you know, two twenty yeah. plus. So coming from receiver and taking hits. It ain't gonna be. It shouldn't be nothing for him, you know. That's why he ran through guys and was a receiver because he he's just so big and, and he's just a good athlete. Um, but it's it's things that he had to learn that you know as far as protection. Um, just watching him, he picked that up. Uh, he was focused, man. He was focused. He he put everything in it, um, and, and he learned the game. And he learned the game, and you know you just look at him now. You know he's becoming that true running back. You know, and, and it's this. Another, oh yeah, go ahead. You got it. No, you good. You good. Now I was about to follow up because like, I, I was about to say, is this like one of the the I, I think about the 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 other because you were there I think when Marshawn left in Seattle. I mean, you had one year in Detroit. Uh, mm-hmm. What is this like the the best group of running backs that that you've been a part of, just in terms of the, the stable Jonathan Williams, uh, Jared Patterson, obviously, um, and then you obviously uh, Antonio Gibson yourself, and um, you know Brian Robson as well. Okay, so. So yeah, man. Um, so yeah, when you talk about, I can't never forget about my guys in Seattle. So when we, it was me, Chris Carson, um, still a dope. Yeah, um, Mike Davis, um, and CJ Procise. We were all we were, and then Rashad Penny. We were all up on that same team. Um, and then you come back. Now you come with me, AGB Raw, J Will. And and um, JP, oh, <laughs> you could hey, look. I can help you out. You can do a one A and a one B, or you could just do tie for first. You know, if you want to, if you want to be politically correct on here, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> no, nah, because um, Chris Carson was a bruiser. Um, Penny Penny could definitely run that thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's it's kind of fit the same for real, for real. You had Mike D, then you look at Mike D, who was behind him too. Then you look at um, A A Jiggle, A A Jeezy. Um, then you look at B Rob. Then you then you look at J Will, who behind them too. It's like it all matches up the same. To be for real, man. Um, just a lot of great players, man. I don't really, you know, I don't really want to do the, you know, the Kobe. Not not. Comparing, but the I guess you, you know LeBron is better than Mike. You don't want to put them against each we, other. Like they're yeah, all yeah, stable. Yeah, yeah. They're really good. Yeah, I, think, I got I you. Think, yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's uh go ahead transition right quick to to the to the team um and, and the Commanders, man. I think one of the hardest things from a a, a coverage standpoint and from a fan standpoint is the fact that you know there are a lot of emotions in the team. Obviously, like it, it is what it is. It goes without saying for every single team in the NFL. But when you lose four straight, uh, you know, we don't think about all the time what the players are going through. And and uh, we don't think about every every single piece of work ethic and every single piece of commitment and, and all those things that the, the players go through. Like what what how hard was it just trying to remain headstrong over a four game losing streak? That was uh, pretty tough. 
Yeah, we we know you guys are pissed. Um, <laughs> you know, fans. You know, it's broken yeah. up to fanatics. So we know you guys are pissed off. But I mean, us. You know, just we 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 are the ones actually out there putting in the work. You know, the blood, sweat, and tears, um, and, and come up short on game day. So we the ones that really got to deal with the pain. You know, so but it was all about. You know, these guys took this stuff on pretty well, man. Um, the locker room never changed. These dudes stayed focused, head down, and you know, kept, you know, trusting in the coach's plan and knowing that we will eventually get through that wall. And right now we're still getting through it. But at the end of the day, um, you know, you just got to keep your head down and stay focused, kind of stay off the stay off the Internet, let people say what they're going to say, because at the end of the day, you know, we are the one percent. And, you know, um, if 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 everybody could do a shit, you know, everybody would do it. So (laughs) so you just let them talk and, and we just, you know, we just do what we got to do, man, to, to try to get over that hump, you know, and, you know, that's what it's all about for real, for real. Absolutely. And, and then the, the Packers game, uh, a good outing from the offense. Uh, and, and and it seems like you're, you're able, well, I mean, it's one game. So, and it's always one week at a time. So I, I guess I would rather ask more. So what needs to happen uh, on the offensive side of football, just to make sure that you improve and continue to improve as the weeks uh, move along. Stand on course, um, you know, kind of piggyback on these wins. Uh, uh, well, not, I wouldn't even say that. Um, delete all that, you know, you know, going to the next game, 0-0. Going to the next game, 0-0, man. Stay focused. Um, r- really learn, know the plan, know the plan going into the game um, and trust the plan and execute the plan um, and believe in your preparation once the game starts, man, and bring that energy and juice. Um, and, you know, and then we see, can we get another W? That's that's how I view things. That's how I feel like it should be uh, took on by all the other guys on the offensive side, speaking offensively. Absolutely. And, and uh, with Scott Turner, uh, just understanding how he's been able to use uh, you. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, four people. I had I had three people initially, but, but you, uh, Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, and obviously Curtis Samuel uh, in and out of the backfield and also at the line of scrimmage as well, uh, out wide from um, between you and Antonio Gibson. How how much has that really opened up the offense per se? But um, like I feel like you've always had those looks from a receiver standpoint, but I, I don't think I've seen that much from Antonio Gibson in terms of out uh, wide alignments and stuff like that. How much do you think that uh, that has helped this offense to this point? Damn, I don't really understand the question anymore. Now you once you, you put good. AG in. No, so so essentially, um, at, at some point there's been a conversation for for an extended period, like uh, there's been some some ways in which Washington could use Antonio Gibson more as a as an offensive weapon rather than just mm-hmm. primarily at running back. And I'm mm-hmm. saying from the running back position altogether, with Curtis Samuel being in and out of the backfield, and you have yourself uh, Antonio Gibson both in and out of the backfield, but also split out wide. How much does that really uh, help expand the offense and create more looks uh, uh, for the defense as well? Who's, who's checking you off? Well, I think I think our OC um, is doing a good job of just getting those guys involved. Um, you know, getting these guys all around the field, um, finding different ways to get those guys the ball, um, and, and let the playmakers make the plays. I think that's you know you're doing a real good job with that. Um, I think I think that that have defenses on their toes um, when ten go to the backfield, uh, when twenty four go out wide. Um, you know, it's kind of you know you got to find you got to see those matchups. You got you to let these guys do what they do. Um, this is what they're good at, so let's do that. Um, I think that's kind of what it's been lately. 
Absolutely. And and the Q collar, as we transition <laughs> to uh, the Q collar, man, um, it's from what I understand is the FDA cleared uh, the only FDA cleared sports equipment proven to help protect the brain uh, from repetitive head impacts. Uh, and then obviously there's a, the way that that is applied uh, via the neck that that helps um, the brain movement upon impact uh, and, and which is the, the primary cause of brain injuries. Uh, what made you consider adding the Q collar to your equipment? But also, can you speak to why uh, other athletes, other athletes, excuse me, should consider the Q collar as a as a must have piece of equipment? Well, well, I see concussions, and you know these guys, you know CTE. These things are real things that's coming up um, in the future for athletes. Um, and, and when you know I had a concussion as well, and, and not really knowing how many have I actually have had. Um, so not really knowing what the brain looked like and just listening to these guys, um, once they, you know, they, you know, CJ, my agent, he introduced me to the, um, to the Q caller and, and we sat down and we talked to Suzanne and everything she said made sense, you know, and, and, and just what I went through, um, I think it was, it was a no brainer for me to say, damn, let me protect myself because if you don't, nobody else will. Um, and these guys came up with something to protect athletes. Um, and so I think all athletes should definitely consider it, think about it, um, and, and, and really, you know, well, you know, sit down and, and, and talk with your fam, man, because this game we play is brutal. You know, it's, you know, shit, we hit in every play with our heads and, you know, shoulders and causing those, causing that brain to move around. Um, and these guys came up with a great idea um, to protect the brain. And, and I don't see why any athlete um, that's, that's hitting, that's having collisions, in their sport, you know, would even, you know, second guess it. Is this your first, I'm, I'm trying to see, like, have you been able to like feel the, the differences from the, the point in which you didn't use the Q collar? Is it something that's tangible or more so just subtle in terms of the, the difference that it makes? So, so, I mean, it's the Q collar is on you. Um, I can't feel what's going on in my brain. I got you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I can't, I can't feel what's going on in my brain. Just, you know, just actually believing in the study. Um, and, and kind of, you know, looking at the research and those guys going back and, and looking at guys' brains who wore the Q collar versus guys yep. who didn't wear the Q collar. And I think it's a, it's a big difference in that. Absolutely. And uh, from what I understand as well, in a season-long trial with football players, athletes not wearing the Q collar were three times more likely to have significant changes in their brain tissue caused by head, head impacts, while 73% of athletes wearing that Q collar uh, had no change while only 23% who didn't uh, had no, this is a, a strong word, it's discernible change <laughs> in their brain <laughs> tissue uh, per the FDA. Uh, JD, man, I appreciate you. I want to give you the floor right quick just to let anybody and everybody know whatever it is you got going on. Uh, like you said, you said stay on socials during that season, uh, but you know, even way, e- either way you can plug whatever it is uh, that you want people to find you, hear from you, or whatever it is that you got going on off the field as well. Nah, man, I'm just, I'm just you know, I'm the wind, bro. I'm just, you know, just blowing with the wind. Stand out of the way, man. Um, but I would just like for everybody to protect themselves out here. Take care of yourself. Wash your hands um, and do the little things, man. The little things are important. 